is ambient. Yeah, yeah. It's good. There is ambience in the air. Yeah, you get more ambience. Ambience in the air. Beer and our cups. Good times ahead. I started the day with a beer, and I'm finishing the day with a beer. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just have a steadying sip. Yeah. Of Cosmic Microwave before we start the show. Yeah, we'll start it up. Wet your uh, whistle, yeah. Oh, that's me kneeing the table. <laughs> Why is it now? Eric's got very bony legs. <laughs> I have been working out on my bones. He's been on a diet of nothing but milk. Mm. Milk and steel. You gotta throw those legs up, kid. <laughs> You're never gonna make anything in this, in this world if you don't stiffen those legs up. Milk and steel. That's how my daddy got his hard legs. Old iron legs, they used to call them. Old iron leg. <laughs> Old peg leg cucks, they call he was a He was a railroad man. He was a railroad man, and he, just like his grandpop it was before him. They modeled, they modeled the railway after his legs. <laughs> Two long, skinny, in fact, one steel. Middle, yeah. one, one fateful Thursday, the old 88 was trucking on down the track and uh Oh, oh, up ahead, up ahead, there's been a there's been a track failure. My granddad, my great great granddaddy, he got out his legs and, and he just lay down there on the track. Train went right across him. Right across him. That trolley problem they put on the internet, it don't work with old puppet cocks. So you got legs of steel. Legs of steel. So you guys met my grandfather. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I remember he came down for a visit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we saw him down at the train museum, didn't we? Oh, right! <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, exhibit. yeah, yeah. He was just sat there on a throne going like, hello! The traveling... Hello, yeah, boys! The traveling cock show. Something's really yeah. sad that's happened recently is there's like this tiny little railway um, in the southwest of, New of, of Tasmania. There's like this... I think it's like Hewanville or something. Southwest of Hobart. And it's been running... It's one of those little weird little idiosyncratic tourist attractions where you don't really know how it manages to stay open but apparently it has fallen victim to COVID so oh. rest in peace the probably not Hewanville but somewhere near there rail, miniature railroad bummer well that's a dark place to start episode 55 of the Barry Bullock <laughs> yeah. Hour with the death of a beloved tourist attraction due to COVID a drink COVID. to yeah. uh, we're toasting to the to friends to friends fallen legs of steel <laughs> now it is episode 55 we are taking the opportunity while we can to get out and about in this great world and we are at Beaudrigger Brewing in Abbotsford oh, Melbourne location. Victoria a place oft uh, discussed as a potential drinking spot slash podcast recording yeah. spot we are fulfilling both of those options here today that's glorious sunny uh, warm Melbourne Sunday afternoon and we thought let's go inside sink a few brewskis here just, in Abbotsford just to clarify no one was proposing that we come to the brewery and and record a podcast and not drink right that wasn't a, yeah that wasn't no, no, an no. option that was on the yeah, table yeah, yeah we, they were, uh, just checking we are a uh, craft beer comedy podcast it would be remiss of us to come to a brewery do a podcast without drinking I don't know what that would look like <laughs> or what the point even would be the the listeners demand of us a certain level of inebriation yeah. exactly exactly and i'm on my third beer are you oh i've just come from a pool party oh yeah uh, true 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 I've come from a, a pool well there were discussions at the pool party not pertaining to the actual event itself but we would uh, meet me and me and corey were discussing when does a gathering become a party? Ooh, that's a, because we were an we, apt question. We, given. we were flagrantly, it should be noted, breaking the uh, no alcohol rule. Wow! And the uh, the person that had recently moved into the complex was saying that um, there had been some issues over people drinking in the pool area. There is a sign that says no alcohol, um, and we were breaking that. But I was like, I feel like there is a some rules are made to be broken. Well, generally, because I, I heard that some of the other, quite a lot of the apartments in the complex are double as Airbnbs. Oh. So I can absolutely see how people that are there for a weekend, having a bit of a weekend hoon in Melbourne, are like, let's let's take a few six packs and a couple of bottles of gin down the pool, cause a bit of a ruckus with the residents and complaints thereof. But I was like, where does uh, you know six people heading down to the pool? couple of very leisurely tinnies, a little bit of a swim, you know. Yeah. So at what stage does a gathering become a party? 
a good question. It's yeah. a good question, Kieran. I don't know if there's a uh, if there's a scientific answer, but I feel there needs to be a certain amount of rowdiness, maybe a certain decibel level is required before yeah. a gathering so becomes a party. If two's if two's company and three's a crowd, maybe four's a party. Four could be a party. Well, I think five's a gathering. I think seven's a party. You're in seven's a yeah. party. I think so. I think it's I think it's people times volume. Okay. There needs to be a mathematical equation. Yeah. <laughs> What's the magic number when something becomes a party? I think music will take any number over five people to a party. Is that if you have five people together? Is that that's not necessarily a party? Yeah. But if you turn on music for the purpose of enjoyment, then that's it why, becomes a party. That's why I think I, th I think the when does a gathering becomes a party? I think the equation is a number. And yeah. maybe it's just decibels. Maybe it's a pure decibel. Well, it's not an equation unless it has variables in it, right? Well, yeah, it would, yeah. Be, it would be people times decibel, okay. maybe inebriation time. And then if you're adding in a, curveball. a speaker. Yeah. Curveball, yeah. what about a party of, of deaf people? Oh, maybe some kind of light show or something. I don't know what they like. I don't know what the deaf people like. Well, our deaf listeners can write in and tell us. Uh, Yeah, until we put out this this transcript in Braille, Eric. Oh wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, Eric, that's the, yeah. the best unintentionally yeah. excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Eric, stop signing. <laughs> yeah, they can't. Wait, they are can't. You picking this up? They can't see it. They need to, we need to. Eric's drink. doing an elaborate, an elaborate yeah. sort of worthy of the guy who did the sign language or girl. I can't remember actually for the sorry. Like the sorry, the, the apology to the stolen generations. There was yeah. like, oh. worthy of that, Eric. Yeah. Beautiful performance. We need to we need to change mediums before we start uh, really tapping into the deaf listenership. Yeah. yeah. Well. Nice use of the word mediums. I like that. Thank you. I approve of that. I, I think people who think that it's media, that's dumb because you're not you're not you're changing the semantics of what you're attempting to communicate, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think mediums is, is solid. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, this uh, podcast is not currently available on Braille transcript or video, so we can pretty much say what we like about deaf people, and they're never going to find. We it. probably shouldn't do that. Okay. though. That's, I think that's a way, that's that's a surefire way for us to get cancelled. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're all lovely. I'm just trying to think when the last time I was hanging around with a deaf person was. It was recent. Oh, really? Was yeah. it? They're out there. You become very conscious of, um, you know, how much you uh, enunciate with your lips. Yeah. When you're, when you're right. Yeah. If, yeah. Some, if, if a deaf person can read lips, you sort of just, you get very elastic. Yeah. yeah right. you're, you make sure you over, um, over enunciate your lips. I don't even know how that works. You, you, yeah. You just have to be very yeah, no, clear no. with your mouth movement. I wonder and that makes it easier for deaf people to understand. Deliberating, yeah. That's really interesting. I, I, I confess, it's, it's a serious, sort of serious area of um, deficiency in my, in my, on my part. I don't think I know very much about deafness and issues related to social issues related there too at all. You don't have to know everything about everything. You don't, but it is interesting. <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating. It's definitely one of those things where you meet a deaf person and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not 100% equipped to deal with the situation. Uh, yep. But then they go, you know, just make sure your lips are clear. And then, you go, the, then you go, so go you then. can understand me. And they go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't talk to me like I'm a... Just don't mutter under your breath like a typical Antipodean. Do you, yeah. do you sometimes find yourself like feeling when you're doing that feeling like you're a racist person talking to, to a person of color well, I've never, do you understand what i'm saying <laughs> do I've, you I've, speak i've never been English? one of those people Callum. no but you've seen one of those people before right yeah 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 i figure it's different because in that situation you are making an effort and maybe, yeah. maybe you're making too much of an but effort. But those, that the racist people require. also probably think they're making an effort as well, you know? You know, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah. you seen one of those people before, Eric? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely something... There's an extra layer to what they're trying to do to the other person and that you can tell that... I... Yeah. Uh, and let me do the hands. I... Would like to... <laughs> 
you notice like there's like there's all these hand gestures that don't actually connect semantically to what's being communicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just realized also that I'm doing I'm doing hand I'm doing I'm doing an yeah, Eric. I'm doing hand gestures, gestures for the yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Video video medium gesturing there. <laughs> To be fair, it would be a good place to shoot a video. It would be. It is quite loud, as the listeners can probably hear. But you have to say that Bowdrigan Brewery in Abbotsford is a beautiful space. It's so cool. We're sitting in. Our some, listeners, uh, you have to get down here. I'm it's, not gonna. I'm not gonna deduce whether or not it's actual genuine leather. I'm just gonna say that it is. It probably is. We're sitting in some beautiful green leather boots. Eric and I were just saying that. Eric and I were just commenting like, I'm gonna blow all the Bowls Club's money. Not literally, but. Like, yeah. like, I'd love to get some of these bad boys in, the, like, in the pool room at the bowls club. Hey, look at that one. It's so nice. I was, Ooh, yeah. um, when I was in America, the last time I was in America. Eric, you're from America. Yeah, yeah. So you'll I know exactly it. what I'm talking about. I was, um, as, I, as I think we've mentioned on the podcast before, um, driving down Route 66 as part of a running fundraising thing. I think that's 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 all of the established. They got some weird and wild op shops on Route 66. Really? Some of, some of the lesser Route 66 towns that are just shitty old towns. What do they call them when they're not Goodwills? Because Goodwill is like a brand Goodwill name. It's like a brand. Yeah, brand. you'd say, oh, I'm going down to the Goodwill. Otherwise, you'd say, it's Goodwill like, like Hoover. Shop. Thrift shop. Thrift, Thrift shop. shop. Yeah, yeah. Right, of course. Yeah, should have known that. Hey, which was which was one of the entertaining because um, in the lead up to the hottest 100 this year, um, Triple J did this oh, really yeah. entertaining thing where they 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 tested the what stood the test of time. So they put the the song that won the hottest 100 up against the second one, and I think pretty much to a to a to a to a song, the the song that came second ended up beating out the the song that won. Well, didn't, like, didn't the fucking Wiggles win this year? Like, yeah, which I was not about. I, I didn't, no. like, all power to the Wiggles. Was a I great didn't cover, think, yeah. I, I thought it was a nice cover. I didn't think it was transcendental by any stretch no, of the imagination. I feel like it had, I feel like it had sort of novelty value, you know? <laughs> Much like Thrift Shop, which won Hottest yeah. 100 quite a few years ago. And I think it beat out, I think it beat out it beat out something that was has definitely stood the test of time much more strongly. The most notable one, I think, was Electric Feel by MGMT, oh. which is still, I think, is, is is a banger. Like that's a everybody it's still a loves banger, that song. But it's not. I don't know if it's a number one. Oh, I would I would disagree with you there. I think that's a I think that's a song for our generation. I, yeah. I would agree. You with put that. that on, millennials lose their shit. Oh. I, hate, I hate to be that guy. Please, but. Did you vote, Kelly, for the this, hottest 100? This year? Yeah. I didn't, know. See, I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that any sort of um, societal group vote, yeah. you know, makes the results kind of null and void enough to interpretation. Like, at the end of the day, more people voted for the Wiggles than anything else. Oh, no, I mean, that's fine. I, I have no problem with that. I don't think it makes it the best song. I just think it's inter- it's interesting to watch the group dynamics at play, you know? Mm, yeah. Because yeah. they also have a uh, Hottest 100 for beer, as I'm sure you're both yeah, aware. Yeah, which is oh, yeah. questionable. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, I don't... I also have a theory on I don't on take that. the time and effort to vote. I Would I vote for this delicious, boat-drinky, cosmic microwave New England IPA? I probably would. It's very tasty. It's real good. Am I going to go to the effort to vote for a fucking one? Uh, can't be fucked. I have a theory as to why Capital, uh, not Capital, um, uh, Ben Spoke always win. Would you like to hear it? Uh, sure. Because I, I went up to Canberra. I've had a Ben Spoke earlier today. Did you? One that you gave me, in fact. Oh, nice. Well, how and was it? I had one of the Flanders Reds. Very tasty. I tried it on tap. It was delicious. Yeah. I'm glad, glad yeah. that you enjoyed it. Um, my theory is, you go. have you been, been to Ben Spoke? No, I try as a general life rule never to go to Canberra. That's a shame. Canberra's cool. I, I actually really like Canberra. I wouldn't live there. I don't think so. And I probably wouldn't it's... pick this weekend to have gone to Canberra. Yeah, I catch one of the trucks up. Yeah, exactly. I love that Callum's got a blank look on him. It should be noted, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that Callum doesn't read a lot of uh, daily news. 
Is this to do with the like current affairs? Is this is this to do with the the um the, the religious discrimination? Bill? No, it's yeah. it's it's um <laughs> it's it's anti-vax munters. Oh, what do they and do? They just they just all congregated on Canberra. Oh, yeah. so my joke about this weekend not being a good place to go and that largely fell flat with this crowd. But yeah, Eric got it. Eric was giggling. I got it. I've been following. Yeah. I've been following that. Okay, so I went up to Canberra, oh, yeah. and I had a really lovely time. I went to the National Portrait Gallery. That's the bit that I think you'd really like, Kieran, because you're a cultured man, and you like galleries and museums, and you enjoy that sort of stuff. You can go there for a few days. All of that shit is free. That's, oh. the, that's the nice thing. All that shit is free. Yeah. The thing I find with Bentspoke is their beers are really fucking expensive. They're oh. really expensive. But, like, they're nice enough craft beers. I don't think Crankshaft is that good. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on the saying, record as saying... Are you saying, Callum, here on Callum's Controversy Corner, Triple yeah. C, are you saying you don't think Ben Spoke should have been the number one ranked beer of this year? I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I actually don't know. I can't remember if it actually won or not. It, either won it always wins. Second. It always wins. And I have a theory why. Because if you go to the Ben Spoke Brewery, they make it super, super attractive for locals to come and drink at Ben Spoke all the time. Yeah. So oh. I think they have a really, really insular, public servant crowd, lots of disposable income, uh, who know the importance of voting. Yeah. Who know the importance of voting, exactly, in democratic a, rights. A, they know how to swing a vote. They do, yeah. they do. They're all politically savvy, and they have these, like, it's, it's like if you go there and you're a local and you have a Canberra address, it's super cheap to drink Ben Spoke beer. Like, really? Like, yeah, it's really, like, it's very, like, very reasonable. I like and it. And they're lovely people at that brewery. Very lovely people. How do you prove that you've got a Canberra address? Live with your license. Oh. Or like a, or like a, you know, I don't know, an address or something. Utility a, bill or something. Utility I don't bill. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, if we go to Canberra, I am definitely forging a utility yeah. bill. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I know, I know that like living in Canberra is a punishment, and the people yeah. that live there should get discounts for living there. Yeah. But we actually wrote a song. We wrote a song here. Vacuous and empty, but at the same time, we were going to write like a, a like a like a rock opera kind of odyssey, I think, in the slow diagonals. Yeah, was, and the, the centerpiece song was going to be called "Canberra's the Worst Place." It is. Yeah. I mean, you, you said you say you say, Carol, I would have a good time in Canberra. Well, I've been to Canberra. I had a good time in Canberra. A lot of that was due to the company. It doesn't withstand the fact that cameras are dumb. Yeah, I, I, just, I can go anywhere and have a good time. No, I just doesn't think that it's not. I just think if you knew place. some places to go, like it'd be pleasant. They had to go a twenty-four hour convenience store that said open twenty-four hours, and it wasn't open. <laughs> and I was outraged. To quote the great big dog, my my favorite. This is actually one of my. Do you guys remember Bash.org? Back in the early yeah. days, Bash.org on the what, internet. What is that? Early days of the what internet. They took like um, ICQ chats. Oh. They post these like ridiculous yeah. things, like these these dumb things that people have posted on ICQ. And one of my favorites was ICQ. One of my favorites was so good. if 7-Eleven is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, yeah. why do they have locks on the doors? Because at three o'clock in the morning, the Seven Eleven dudes go for a walk. I saw that work in the tennis this year. Oh, really? Well, in, in Melbourne, Melbourne CBD, you can literally walk from one Seven Eleven to the other in about two minutes. Yeah. I went to a Seven Eleven that was yeah, it was locked because I saw the guy going for a walk. They were having a they were having a walk in at the Lonsdale Street Seven Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> they had a couple of they had a couple of slabs of crankshaft. And they were having a ruddy good time. I guess those guys that work there overnight on themselves have to have a break. Legally have to have a break. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Anyway, I, anyway, I, I digress. Back there for you. We, we digress. Canberra. Oh, it's pretty good. It's alright. I want right. to go back even further than that. Uh, no, I was just talking about when I went to America and we yeah. went to a, uh, oh, a thrift yeah. shop. Thrift shop, yes. But back, yeah. One of the most incredibly bizarre and awful thrift shop I'd ever seen. Did it have broken things in it? It was massive. And it had one back room. I'll show you guys the pictures later when I find them. It had one back room that was probably half the size of this space warehouse. Wow. This is middle America, Eric. You know, there's plenty of space available. Yeah. 
So you're talking maybe... Culture? No. Space? Yeah. Heck yes. You're talking a room that's probably 20 metres by 20 metres. And that was one of three rooms that this thrift shop uh, had taken over. And the third one was just full of books. Okay. And I'm not talking about shelves. I'm talking about boxed up, like skips, big cardboard boxes. Like the sort of cardboard oh. boxes you get shipped melons in. Wow. And this place was just full of books. Wow. It's the most books I'd ever seen in my life. I'll get the picture out, I'll send it to you. It's Amazing. fucking incredible. That but sounds in cool. The, in the second, so the first room was set up like a usual thrift shop. Yeah. The books were on bookshelves, it was all divided, you had your electronic section. And then your second section was like uh, furniture and broken furniture. And then the third section was just this insane book. See, not. That would pose a problem for me because when I go to a op, an op shop, I have a slightly compulsive. I, I have to look at every book. Yeah. That would yeah. be a problem. I would be there for months yeah, by the sounds of it. I mean, there'd be a two, that would be where you'd be buried. Yeah. Here lies Callum McDonald. He died like trying, to, trying to read books through over a the million of books. Yeah, we'd just bury you in one of the book nooks. <laughs> no just one would ever find me. Put you in one of the watermelon boxes and just cover you in books. Set a light a match. And he died. Be- he died doing what he loved. <laughs> People walk in and go, "Oh, it smells a bit weird in here." And you go, "Oh, yeah, it's just the books. Yeah. It's just the <laughs> old, old book books. smell. Old book yeah. smell." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're having a 50% off sale today. <laughs> Oh my god, so many books. Um, it's a whole watermelon crate for 50 bucks. What I meant to get to um, was that in the furniture section, they had some booths, like oh. disassembled or dissembled booths, not unlike the booths we're sitting in now. But instead of leather, they were uh, they were like a fabric seam, like a fabric pattern that was a seam of like golf. Oh. <laughs> and, and never in my life have I ever seen something in an op shop that I wanted to purchase and take home more than these beautiful antique golfing themed wooden booths. Real question is, is do you reckon that's from a golf club or do you reckon that's from like a golf themed like like you know like like um what's the place in the like holy moly kind of thing? Well you're talking about the fucking middle of America. So I don't really re- a golf that, club. that entire drive we did, I don't recall seeing that many golf clubs. Which is not to say that there weren't any, but you know, golf clubs require a lot of water. Private golf course? Private maybe. But they were really lovely. And I wish I'd been able to take them. Or, how, how big were they? Like how many boots were talking? Take a look. Take a look around you. This how, how many boots were they? Oh, you probably could have made a U-shape, not unlike the oh, one yeah. we're sitting on at least. Oh, nice. I've got pictures of that too, I'll send them to you. That's cool. Super cool. I took pictures because I wanted to remember the yeah, booze that I could America. not bring home. Callum just surreptitiously announced that he's going to the bathroom. Let me just. Uh, I presume he did it in a fashion that we wouldn't mention it, um, but I'm mentioning it because why not? While we wait for him to return, let me just stretch my stretch my legs here. I'm gonna stretch put your iron I'm gonna legs. put my put my feet up on oh, the booth and uh, just stretch them out. Our deaf listeners are gonna love this. Oh, uh, what, what are you seeing right now, Kieran? What are you seeing? It would appear that Eric Cox is wearing a pair of. Uh, well, I, I say a pair. I can only see one. I'm gonna assume that he's not uh, odd, odd footing. Uh, Eric is wearing a pair of what appear to be Victoria Bitter branded uh, Dunlop bottles. Well, yeah. If you're lucky, I'll show you the other one. But uh, I, don't, I don't need to see this it. This is. It was, it was timely because uh, my, my partner Ikue comes home from the op shop and says, guess what I found? I have a gift for you. Yeah. And she found these VB oh, wow. uh, volley crossover She found them at the op shop. She found them at the op shop and they're near brand new it seems like. I, I feel might... like they might even be a Christmas present, Eric, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen ads for those very, very recently. Very recently, yeah, yeah, same. So someone didn't even bother to try and sell them off. They just went, fuck it, straight to the, the op shop. shop. I hate this gift. <laughs> There's a person that's going, oh, I, was I like beer, but Auntie Auntie Veronica has sent me these VB volleys. <laughs> Auntie Veronica should know that VB is a disgusting beer and that I, as a discerning beer drinker, would never drink VB. God damn it, Auntie Veronica. <laughs> Well, anyway, they're high, <laughs> they're high quality shoes. 
and they got a nice, they're high tops, the body's white, up at the top you got a green accent, you do have a big BB badge that you have from the bottle on the, uh, the ankle, they've got the little signature here, and here, it all comes down to the small details, if you look at the back on the heel of the shoe, it's actually debossed with hard-earned thirst set in. They've thought of everything, and as a VB fan, I love it. And I'm lucky to have a partner that knows uh, uh, my my uh, likes and dislikes. I was glad you didn't use the word taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, likes and dislikes. Well, that's a horrendous piece of footwear. Well, something like that. I am impressed by the story, though. I am glad that you didn't make your hard-earned money for those hideous shoes. I am. I do like the idea that someone got gifted those for Christmas. They they probably weren't that cheap either. They were probably like fifty bucks or something. No, I, I, I actually looked it up. They're going for eighty bucks. Eighty bucks. And I'm presuming that Equa did not pay uh, the full recommended retail uh, for I something that not. she found in an op shop. <laughs> I'm gonna hope that they were sub ten dollars. But uh, yeah. well, I appreciate I appreciate the op shop find. Yeah. You know, I think they're hideous, but that's that's just my taste. Well, I'm glad that you're, that you're happy. You're talking about op shop. Did I, what makes you more sick? The big boxes of books or these? <laughs> well, the big boxes of books didn't make me sick. It just I kind of like you could only really see what was on top. Oh, you didn't like the eye. You didn't like the layout. I see. Well, when we when we went to America. You know, we spend a lot of time going to op shops and getting books because we were spending a lot of time reading. You know, the thing oh. about the thing about Route 66 is that its attractions. I I would hazard to say, and no offense to your wonderful country of birth, but I think if, if there's one thing you can say about America, is that all the best bits are on the outside. You know, I'd say the best bits yeah. are except America. for Minnesota. Oh, that's oh. on the outside. Oh, that's on the outside. That's I consider true, the true. border the outside. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like the majority of America's best attractions are and what? except Florida. Two hundred k's. Florida, not the best bit. It's. I don't mind a bit of Florida. But like the middle of America, there's not a lot going on. And I think Route 66 is this like nostalgia fantasy, you know, yeah. the way things used to be. And when you actually go there, there's not a lot there. And like there is some good stuff. But if you're driving Route 66, you would just skip through all, you would just skip from good bit to good bit. And then because we were, you know, following this guy who was running 50 miles a day or 30 miles a day, whatever it was, we had to see all of it. And some of those towns, there's just nothing there and there's nothing to do. Yeah. And so we would spend a lot of time going to the Goodwill stops, uh, Goodwill shops, thrift shops, and buying very, you know, a dollar a pop paperback novels. Did you find any good stuff? Well, this is the thing. They weren't arranged in such a way at this particular thrift shop that you could really, you know, Get find the good, the good stuff. stuff. But yeah, I, I read plenty of great books on that trip. Speaking of that trip... Oh, yeah? We were talking off-air about the uh, the Super Bowl, which is to be played in uh, approximately 12 hours' time. Exciting. Maybe a little more, maybe like 18 hours' time. Uh, Super Bowl 50... <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever it is, 50 something will uh, will kick off in Los Angeles, California. The Rams taking on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, and we were having a little bit of uh, chat and predictions about who we think might win when we thought the game. And we're not a sports podcast. I don't think we've ever pitched ourselves as a sports podcast, and I don't think it's necessarily worth um, laying out any predictions now, unless you desperately want to. What I was going to say, we were talking about old Joey Burrow. <laughs> oh, Joe, Joe Cool, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. Yeah. And I had a little niggle in the back of my brain the other day. Because as you may or may not, I probably haven't said on the podcast, but as part of that trip, we, I had to spend a month in Columbus, Ohio. Oh. Next to Ohio State University. And what I just remembered the other day is that the uh, third string quarterback for the Ohio State University football team in 2017, when I spent a month in Columbus, Ohio, was none other wow. than Super Bowl quarterback Joe Burrow. Really? Before he uh, transferred to Louisiana State University, 
where uh, my other American friend Eric uh, taught, uh, and that's where Joe Burrow became the first string quarterback, played some of the best football that college football has ever seen, and got himself drafted first overall by the Cincinnati Bengals. But there is a chance that I can't confirm or deny, that I, there is a chance that old Joey Burrow and I cross paths in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> That's magnificent, Karen. So if if the Cincinnati if he was third string, he wouldn't have been all that at that point, right? Like this. No, he had to, had to transfer. But he was he would have been in town. He would have been studying. He would have been living on the campus. Yeah. Which I certainly was was frequenting myself. That's great. So if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl tomorrow, you might have met him. You're I, all I can say yeah. maybe you know. Me and Joe Burrow, we go way back. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe, maybe we, having walked past each other in Columbus, Ohio. We in were in a convenience in August store. August 2017. We were in a convenience store together. There's a, there was a, yeah, <laughs> a great, uh, a great little uh, burger joint on, on sort of just off campus next to the hospital, which I can't remember the name of. Give me one second to Google. I am aware that with the background noise of this fine establishment, I'm not going to be able to cut out long pauses. So I'm just going to have to keep talking. Yeah. I think it was called Over Easy or something like that. Over Easy they sounds did, like they, a, they sounds did, like they a good, good burgers. I don't know why I'm giving a shout out to a random burger joint. I've got so many like stars in Columbus, Ohio. It's so weird. That's so funny. Um, let me just... That's a random the, place uh, to have a lot of stars. Yeah, that's... Uh, where... Hangover Easy, it was called. Oh, Hangover Easy. Hangover Easy. So if you ask Joey Burrows, hey, how about Hangover Easy? He'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> Great burgers. I get paid a lot of money to play football these days, but uh, there's no dollars that can uh, can take me back to the old the old times back in Hangover Easy's. They had a Some of the best times of my life. They had a burger called the Cleveland Steamer. Uh, <laughs> I remember the name and I remember the burger. It was a beef patty smothered with um, like Mexican chorizo, which wow. uh, I'm not sure if I'm on record on the podcast, but Mexican chorizo is one of my favorite meat products of all time. <laughs> so there we go. I'm hoping for a good game tomorrow, but if Joey Burrow wins, eh, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Eric, did you go to high school with any Super Bowl quarterbacks? You know, I'm thinking back over my head and, Because uh, you're from America, you must uh, know everyone. Yeah, I that should know works. everybody. I'm trying to think through my friend group. There was old Thomas Brady, I wonder what he's up to, and, uh, boy, yeah. man, Johnny Unitas, and, uh, <laughs> you went You went to high school with Johnny Unitas? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Eric Allistership may not immediately know how old Johnny Unitas is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, th- I'm not. I'm thinking you did not go to I'm high school with Johnny Unitas. Maybe you went. Maybe you went to high school with Johnny Unitas' son or oh, daughter. Johnny Unitas Jr. Yeah, that's getting me. That's getting me turned around. Oh, uh, Josephine Unitas. No, I don't think. I don't think we had anybody. No, I do. I think the highest profile person to come out of my graduating year in high school was an NBA player who I oh, think yeah. might still be active. Really? That's kind Paul of Paul Aldrich. I think last played for the Pelicans. And Dan Pelicans. About, uh, the, the noted NBA team, the Pelicans. Yeah. yeah. He's a big boy, 6'10, 6'11, and I think at that point you're very statistically capable of getting into the NBA. He's 6'10. So, yeah. yeah. There's, you're, yeah. You're you don't the, have to be good. You're the median height. Yeah, for getting yeah. Into the NBA. Well, yeah. So, no, that's that's the high profile one there. I wish we, we didn't have a stand football program. Bloomington, Minnesota was not very Friday Night Lights, and uh, we would go entire seasons maybe notching a single win, and that was just how it went. Did, did people um, that went to your university go there more for an education? Yeah, I very much did not go to an athletic university. I think uh, that's a, that's interesting, Eric, because you are an athlete. Yeah, that's true. I'm a multidisciplinary athlete. I've got summer and winter Olympic. Pyongyang 2024, whenever the next winter Olympics. You're speaking. Are you trying to get into the curling team for Australia? Yeah, and I'm not joking. I feel like I'm probably the 25th to 30th ranked male curler in Australia uh, out of the 50 of us. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, where's where's Sam? Where's Sam and Jacob sitting? Oh uh, well, those guys try their best, but they don't have the ice and the blood that I do. So uh, they're, they're that's going to be the title of Eric's autobiography, by the way. And in about twenty years, after he's been to Pyongyang, 
Ice in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, bloody hell, Eric. If you, if you made it into the Australian Winter Olympic curling team <laughs> yeah. and you go to Pyongyang 2024, or we're at... Uh, uh, All bets are off. ...editing here at Southern, where the actual Olympics are going to be in 2024. <laughs> But until you do, we're going to keep referring to it as Pyongyang 2024. If you made the Australian curling team and went to the Winter Olympics, I mean, I think we're, we would have to go, wouldn't we? We'd have to go. You we'd have to go. go. It's you like a go. wedding. You know, when someone's like getting yeah. married and they're like, oh, we're getting married. In Eric's Pyongyang. going to the Winter like, Olympics. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, go. I mean, that's how we really, that's how we really raise the profile of this podcast. Yeah, is to make one of the participants a winter Olympian. decorated Olympian, <laughs> decorated Olympian friends. Yeah, I'm gonna start taking my curling career more seriously. Yeah, well, you guys both gotta really start putting in the hours. Okay. Does the US Eric have a curling team? I would have thought a country that size with a with a chilly part. We do. Yeah, it's a it's a very high feel, performing. Do you, you don't feel any traitorous leanings trying to get towards the Australian team? No, it would be it would be. Uh, a, a very high bar for me to clear to get onto a, a, the U.S. curling team yeah. because it is a strong side and they took home the gold in the last Olympics, the men's fours. And it's actually an interesting angle because Minnesota is the curly hotbed of America. And I'm right. not joking here in that three of the four American men that won the gold medal were Minnesotans from nice. like small town Minnesota and it just happens that way. Like curling is, uh, really I don't know, draws from Minnesota, yeah. Okay. So if you had to go up against, so let's say, let's say hypothetically, yes, you make the Australian men's curling team, and suddenly you're playing America. Round one, Pyongyang 2024, insert whatever yeah. it is, here, and you're up against the, the stars and stripes. How's that going to sit with you? Given that you've just said on a podcast that will almost certainly be dug up in the archives that you know, Australia has a rubbish curling setup and you're going to breeze in there and make the team. Yeah. As a, as a dirty, dirty foreigner turned national. We do have a rubbish curling setup. I, you know, it would be tough when I... You when I hand on heart when that Australian anthem comes up? I think I would with a little bit of pride, but then I would look at the American team who... Hats and jackets and brooms and shoes are all covered in the stars and stripes. Yeah. I have a tear rolling down my cheek, <laughs> and I would rip up my Australian passport, and I defect back to the U.S. It's just in my blood, and I don't think I can fight it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give props to the Australian curlers because it is rough down here, and these kids spend months and months and months and months and months abroad practicing yeah. in the northern hemisphere uh, on proper curling equipment and they put in the hours and the blood sweat and tears and i got to give them a shout out for their uh, I mean, very they, strong performance they the are i mean they year. are actually at the winter olympics aren't we? like all joking aside they are there and they are they there. are and they, yeah, yeah, yeah they made it am i am i correct in saying that this is the first time they've made it yes it's the first time any australian has represented the country in how curling many, how many how many teams are over there and what are they what disciplines are they in they got uh, men's fours, women's fours, and then mixed doubles. We put in two for mixed doubles, and only ten teams made it. So they are within the top and ten. They, and they had to qualify for that. They did have like to that's, qualify. That's impressive yeah. that three individual teams and disciplines all made it. Like that's. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I never thought I'd say this sentence, but it does sound like Australian curling is on the rise. It is on the rise. And <laughs> I don't know. I want to say it's some of the energy I brought that's really helping to take off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's also probably Dean and Tolly, the Olympians, that have been doing their part as well. Hey, Eric, if I'm going to claim a piece of tomorrow's epic Super Bowl win for Joey Burrow, <laughs> I think you're more than entitled I'm to claim definitely whatever success the Australian claiming. curling some team has as this year or three years from now in Pyongyang. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good fun. I, and you got to hang on to those interactions because I have played with Dean, the Olympian, on my team. I've played with on Dean on the opposing team. I've taken points off on an team. Olympian. Yeah, you yeah. And, uh, and I don't know. I'm going to put that on Moves my team. Moves out of the way, Hamish and Andy. Yeah. Here comes... Uh, comes Eric. <laughs> and I've shared a Cleveland team with Joey Burrow. <laughs> yeah. Wait. <laughs> Got a new segment for you boys. Will it will it see a second chapter? We don't know. Yeah. Um, but this this new segment that I've whipped up is called Hard Truths with Kieran Book. <laughs> I'm ready. And it's where I'm gonna lay down a hard truth. Okay. 
I'm going to direct it at someone. Now, some people might uncharitably say that this is just a repackaged big dog bone. And I think those, you did. You said that. To those hearing? people, I say, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> and you're welcome to that opinion. But, but you're wrong. The concept of hard truths is that I'm just going to say something <laughs> yeah. that's, I believe, a hard truth. Okay. Something that needs to be said. And I'm going to find this triggering. No, I'm just saying the subject matter therein. Okay, alright. But here we go. The first round of Kieran Bullock's Hard Truths is thus. Fast food restaurants should stop serving bacon. <laughs> I'm done with bacon. I'm done wow, with man. chewing into a burger that's got oh. bacon in it. And, and biting down on a chewy, rubbery, savoury, fruit roll-up, texture-esque, fried to the absolute ends of existence, disgusting piece of bacon. Now, I'm not saying do it in the morning. I've had plenty of bacon and egg McMuffins in my oh, time yeah. because okay. they have the data based, you know, the, the stores have all the data to realise how much bacon they need for a morning rush. You know, yeah, it gets cooked, it gets put in the McMuffin, it gets used. So I'm not, I've got no beef with breakfast. But recently, You've got no beef with breakfast. I've got no beef with no breakfast beef with bacon. But sometimes you have bacon with breakfast. Sometimes you have beef with bacon and therein lies the trouble. McDonald's. Recently, as part of their quote-unquote summer range, introduced the Big Mac with bacon. So could you say, Kieran, that you've got you've got beef with beef with bacon? I've got more beef than a cattle farm cow. <laughs> hence, hence the trigger warning as a vegetarian. Right, 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 right. No, no, I'm just I'm just enjoying the I'm just enjoying the plays on words. There's I'm a lot. I feel like there's a lot of yeah. There's like there's baking jokes as well that we can make. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm excited about the possibilities. Go on. Sorry. I'm just saying, like, the whole point of fast food is you cook the thing and you let it sit for a while. Now, a beef patty, it's quite thick, you know, you can cook it up, fry it up, you can let it sit for a little while, retain some of its moisture, not too bad. You know, chicken patty, it's fried, fried chicken patty, same deal, it can sit there for a little while, it's not too bad. It's not the height of culinary sophistication, it's not cordon bleu worthy, but the thickness of a meat patty or a chicken patty means it retains some level of moisture. Yeah. Bacon meant to be cooked quickly all the way through and eaten. The clock on bacon is very short and I've just had too many fast food burgers lately like lunchtime, dinner time, three o'clock in the morning burgers where that bacon's got the texture of a fruit roller and you bite it and it comes out in one you're like what on earth is this? This is not what bacon should be. (laughs) This is not how bacon's meant to be. So I would say after 10 a.m., Hungry Jacks, McDonald's, and even my beloved KFC. After 10 a.m., no put bacon. the bacon down. <laughs> I'm in favor of this. Save it for breakfast. I feel yeah. like I feel like you should have also prefaced that with Kieran, uh, with Callum. You might find this triggering, but also you have sympathies for this because I'm in favor of mm. people eating less bacon, if nothing else, so that they don't get cancer later. You know? I just didn't want to remind you. About back in the day when you used to eat bacon and how you knowing how delicious bacon was. Yeah. Because let's be honest, bacon, fucking delicious. Yeah. Unless it comes okay. in a fucking hungry Jack's burger. Right, right. In right, which right, case right. I'm eating red leather. Yeah. And it's extremely disappointing to be turning pigs into disgusting yeah. you don't want to be wasting leather. Meat. That's disappointing, yeah. Disappointing. Um, I think they should just stop doing it. I'm, I, I'm of the opinion that any bacon is good bacon, but I'll, I'll get on board with this. That I'll, I'll go uh, a soft truth here. I'll, I'll, I'll halfway be on board because I'm very much about the, uh, the structural integrity of a burger and floppy, rubbery bacon. Though yeah. to me, tastes better than no bacon. It really? ruins the burger and then you bite it and you pull it out pull and it, it brings out. it brings half the toppings with it and you got a big floppy mess down the front of your shirt and like is Eric like surely you, you like you being the, the, the cogent man that you are, you, you recognize yeah. that pigs are one of the more intelligent animals on the on, on the, Very the world and, and the, the pork industry in general is a is a blight on humanity. Yeah. Um, not quite so much in this country as it is in your country. Yeah. Um, 
but I think we still possess on humanity. We still, we still pretend. I think in this country we still have sour crates, which New Zealand got rid of a few years ago. Um, definitely still have them in the states. Surely, if you're gonna, if you're gonna keep, if you're gonna be killing pigs, then you should at least have the have the respect to not turn them into shit food, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Respect That's extremely disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think mean, we're talking about Hungry Jack's and McDonald's, so. You could argue it's all shit food. That's true. Is but any not the colonel. The colonel is mighty. It's any animal that gets processed into fat food, fast food being disrespected as opposed to... I guess we That's a tough one. Well, you could argue that some of those patties are made up of parts of the meat, the animal that no one else wants to eat. True. Like chicken so, McNuggets, that's right? That's I love a hot dog. <laughs> Spoken like a true American. I love a hot dog. I've got, I, I don't have a name for a segment, but I do have something to share with you, and it's a pure unadulterated, it's a piece of pure unadulterated bliss, like joy. So it's not a hard truth. It's the, it's not a hard truth at all. Well, that's disappointing, but I'll... It's I'll, kind of like a, a soft anyway. joy, you know? Ah. Yeah, like, like warm and, and bright, like a, like the delightful summer's day we had. You know, okay. Um, I'll hear a soft joy. Yeah, soft joy. So, um... Um, I have been cooking things out of Yotam Hotelengi's flavour, and I think I may have just... It's um, a cookbook. It's a cookbook. Yeah. And I may have discovered my favourite. The thing about Hotelengi's, all of, all of his recipes, whether you, whether you love them or they're okay, none of his recipes are terrible, I don't think. Like, they're, they're, all, they're all really they're good recipes. I don't know. His recipes when he was a, a consulting chef for Hungry Jacks for cooking bacon, really, <laughs> really, I just don't know if he's getting the results. <laughs> old, old Benito Ottolenghi. Benito Ottolenghi. Oh, it might have been his brother, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, so, so Yotam at Ottolenghi in, in, in his book Flavor. Um, might not even be the same family. Might, might not be. It's true. It's <laughs> a common, common name. Might be a whole different branch. <laughs> no relation, yeah. Yotam, Benito Ottolenghi, no relation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how Hungry Jacks legally have to state it <laughs> on their posts. <laughs> um, they are... Uh, <laughs> he's just got a cardboard cut out of him. Like, no relation. No relation. Um, it's just Ottolenghi with a, with a piece of flesh-coloured tape over his moustache. <laughs> <laughs> so, Otolenghi, my, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. Of the Otolenghi recipes, which I've cooked quite a lot of now, you always discover something. You learn something new about food and flavors and ways of cooking things, which is magnificent. I love cooking his recipes. Um, and I, I may have a favorite. I may have a favorite thus far. Yeah. Um, it's gonna take some beating. The other day, I cooked, um, I cooked his. Roast potato fries. Oh. And the secret to the roast potato fries is you, you, you slow roast them in sunflower oil with a little bit of salt, right? Turn them over. And um, the spuds that I grew from the from the backyard turned out to be roasting potatoes, which I was really happy about because I didn't realize. Oh, I didn't know yeah. what they were. Um, and um, and then here's the here's the here's the twist. Once they're cooked. You get a mortar and pestle, and your mortar and pestle lime zest with salt, and then you toss the potatoes in lime zest. It's oh. it's fucking transcendental. Like it is, it is a it is a flavor experience. I every once in a while you eat something and it redefines wow. how you see food. This was one such experience for me. It was unbelievable. You got to go That's try incredible. it. I will send you the recipe. Please you have do. to make it for yourself. It is. Absolutely magnificent. Or I'll have you around and I'll cook it for you. It's it's yeah, genuinely gorgeous. Definitely the more likely scenario than me making complicated potatoes. Oh, they're, they're not that complicated. It's really not actually that, that difficult. You really just have to have wine. I could see myself doing this at home. So yeah. the recipe, yeah. But it's 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 a really, really easy way to wow people. Because it's it's like one extra step. How long does it take to zest a tablespoon of lime? Well, you've got to have a lime. Yes. Yeah. And then you use the rest of the lime to like make like a lime and cumin and turmeric mayonnaise. Oh, oh that sounds nice. It's absolutely delicious. 
absolutely delicious. I like this food chat here. I'm getting food hungry chat. again. Oh, oh yeah. Who, who fucking started that old, old chef cooks from the previous episode? <laughs> hey, well, yeah, that's you were, true. You, know, you had us strolling around your Parisian brewery. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't Bistro know. Bistro La Cox. He looks like he's about to get something I'm out. I'm kind of hungry oh. here. I'm kind of hungry, so... Uh, I'm just gonna pull out a little snack here in the hot Eric's, Eric's pulled out a, uh, a beer mix, and um, presumably he's trying to show us that they're VB brand. And what he doesn't realize is that the top of the uh, thing that he oh. had to tear off to open the bag is where the VB logo is. So oh, I know, just have it, it, it just says Booja Bitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Um, that has been episode 55 here at Bowdrinky Brewing in Abbotsford, Victoria, Melbourne. We got a DJ standing in front of some uh, big, big, delicious beer tanks. And it's been an absolutely wonderful time, chaps. Uh, good to see you both. Thank you. Um, good to see you. We will see you for what sounds like it's going to be a horrific culinary adventure, possibly. <laughs> In episode 56, if, if, if I remember. remember. Yeah. And don't just banish this from our brain cannons <laughs> as soon as we walk out of the front doors onto Johnson Street. Um, but that is it. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope that all people of uh, varying disabilities have listened or consumed this podcast in some way and enjoyed themselves. And if you are deaf, do give us a, a, a line and we will see if we can get that braille transcript. <laughs> Maybe with Stephen references redacted, but we'll get that out to you. Mate, why are you making promises that we can't keep, Kieran? Well, you know, we can barely get our shit together to go down to a brewery. <laughs> you, you could go so far as to say we can barely organise a piss up in a brewery. If, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if, if a deaf person asks me for a transcript of variable, you're probably going to do it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I will find a way to make that happen. I challenge. Uh, I remember most of what I said. Yeah, I could probably. Eric, you have to remember him. Fluent in braille braille as he is. We have an audio record, Eric, don't worry. I got got what you're saying. Are people like fluent at writing braille? Do you think? I don't think you can write braille. This is braille in braille. You're a typewriter, yeah. I think we'll discuss what Braille is next time. I don't think deaf people use Braille. Uh, Dr. Eric's science corner. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, I'll bring out my Braille typewriter and I'll tap out some messages for you. Guess the name of the beer that I Brailled out. Yeah. Well, we've hit as many people as possible. That's the point of it. So um, we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time for Variable Gallery 56. Let this run, yeah. I don't want to leave it running. It's <laughs> a good outro. Alright, wrap it.